Hello world, welcome back to After The Show, the BSM music podcast that's kind of about music, but it's usually not. Today we bring you the final episode of Series 1. Now, I know, I know, it's not good, but there's loads of other good podcasts that you can keep listening to while we're trying to cook up something else, I guess. Today on the episode, we bring you friend of the label and attorney at law, Henderson Cole. Henderson is an entertainment lawyer who loves emo and grew up in the US DIY scene. Really, he's kind of the guy that you need to call if you need someone to look over a record deal or a publishing deal, but he's asked me to make sure that you definitely don't call him if you get a DUI. I'm kind of surprised that I'm a music lawyer myself, you know? Well, let's take it, let's take it all the way to the, um, back to the start then. Like, um, if, can you tell everyone like where you grew up and like what your local scene was like back in the day? Oh yeah, I see. This is this is can't get better than this. Um, so I grew up in uh, North Jersey in Caldwell, which is a small town. Uh, but uh, this local scene there was in Montclair, and North Jersey has like a pretty good punk scene in general. Um, so there are a lot of bands around, you know. And I just got I, I saw the first show I ever saw was the Starting Line playing my mall in the parking lot. <laughs> they were playing in the parking lot like a, I think it was like Zoomies or something. It was like a skate tour. Right. I was there for like skate, for, to see the skaters. Cause that was what I yeah, was yeah. in at first was I was like big into like watching skate tapes and filming skate tapes and whatever. So Playing Tony Hawk's pro skate ex- too. Exactly, exactly. Trying to live it, yeah. you know, trying to live it. But you know it. Uh, I saw them and then I started like just really getting into the music and just like looking up every single band I could. So I was into that um, from high school, you know? And then I just, I was like, I played music, but I'd like, I've never been very good at like practicing music. I always just like want to just perform, but I don't want to practice. So I was like, I can't do mm-hmm. this. I'm not, I'm never going to be as good as some of these people. So I was like, looking up jobs in the music industry and I found this book and it was like, it's called Donald Passman, like everything you know about the music industry or something. And it's a great book. Yeah. And in there they were like, I'm a music lawyer. This is what I do. And I was like, Oh, that's a job. Okay. I'll do that. And I was like 18 and I had no concept of how you even became a music lawyer or what even was like the point of that. But it just seemed cool to like work with bands and help bands and like, yeah. um, at the time, like a lot of bands that I were into, like were always getting screwed, you know. And I was always like, this, mm. the government is like messing with these bands. Like we need to help them. So uh, <laughs> I went to college and uh, I got into like college radio and uh, I started doing the alternative and like writing about bands and stuff. Um, just trying to like work with music as much as I possibly could because I just loved it, you know. Uh, yeah. I, and. Um, then, then I uh, applied to law school. I went to law school, which turned out to be way harder than I ever thought it could be. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I when I thought of this plan when I was like 18, I never imagined that school would be that difficult um, or not fun at all. Uh, but in the end, it was worth it because um, I just got some good jobs, like working at some firms that uh, did entertainment law and worked with musicians, and then. Uh, as soon as I could, I just like started my own thing so I could start representing like all these tiny bands that were, was the whole point of me doing this, you know? So yeah. I, tr- I always tried to stay true to like what the point of me becoming a music lawyer was because along <laughs> the way, there was so many times where I was like, this is, this job is not nearly as fun as I thought it would be, but no, but I do get to help a lot of bands and like work with bands and uh, try and help them in their careers. So it at least accomplishes that. It's, you know, it's always the uh, the nitty gritty jobs in the aforementioned music industry that are the ones that seem to always be most beneficial for bands. Like if it, even if it's like from a label point of view, like making sure your metadata is all sorted out, or making sure that you're signed up for the right collection societies and royalty uh, statements and making sure you're you're a signed up songwriter things that people don't want to care about and like legal representation is always something that i think bands just don't even think about um can you can you give us like an insight into like what actually studying 
law was? Did you go to like a, a general law school or was it like a specific oh, entertainment okay. law school? So um, I'm sure it's a little different in Europe, but at least in the United States, we have to go to like high school and then university. And then after that, you go to law school, a separate law school for three years. Um, and it's a lot of debt. It's a lot of debt because we have to pay for it the whole way too. Um, and it's also a lot of years. So that was like seven years of school. Plus after that, you have to study for the bar. So it's like seven and a half years. Um, so yeah, so by the time I was like even out of school, I was like 24 or something. So it was it, older than that. I was like 26. So uh, yeah, wow. so it, it's a long process. But yeah, in law school, you learn like, all the different parts of the law, you have to study everything. You know, you even mm. though it, even though I went in there and I was like, I want to work in entertainment. A lot of people there were like, uh, Yeah, sure, everyone says that. You need to learn how to defend the clients in a c- criminal trial or something. And it's like, Oh my God, this is not what I came to law school to learn. You know, but I had to do it just to pass. You know, so. Wow. You have to go through like modulars of different types. Exactly, of Exactly. Yeah. Like property, like writing someone's mm. will, you know, like uh, suing somebody who like crashes a car into you because lawyers like there is even though lawyers, it's it's so many different types of lawyers and they all do different things. And that's one thing that's a misconception is a lot of people think like, oh, you're a lawyer, like you defend murderers, right? And it's like, no, that's like a very different thing, you know? And I, I heard that in the UK, it's a little more um, split up. Like there are like litigators and different like barristers or whatever. But in, in the US, like everyone can practice everything. So you have to know a little bit right. of everything. Um, but I did go to a school uh, in New York City called Cardozo. Uh, where they are known for like entertainment. And that's why I ended up going there uh, because I was like, I know how hard it is to like become a music lawyer. Like there aren't that many of them. So I was like, I need to go somewhere where music lawyers have gone. You know, it was really that Mm -hmm. basic because it's like, I I didn't grow up knowing music lawyers. You know, I didn't grow up knowing lawyers. You know, I have no lawyers in my family or anything. So uh, yeah, it was just like find somewhere where I know that they'll like teach me this stuff and then learn as best as I can and like try and work at like firms, you know, I worked at uh, a firm that was like representing like huge rappers like 50 cent and stuff and just seeing those like contracts. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just learned. I picked it up as much as I could, you know, and uh, one thing about being a lawyer, too, is like you're always learning and you're always figuring it out. But Bands mm. don't know about all this, like you said. No, they, they don't, don't know that they even yeah. need a lawyer. They maybe heard that some bands have lawyers because they sue each other. But really, almost every band should have some lawyer that either they work with or they know or like if something mm. happens, they can talk to. Because when you think about being a band, there are so many contracts that you sign. Um, like even just for, to play shows, sometimes you sign contracts record deals, Mm. management deals, production, all sorts of things. And like the stuff that you learn in law school is really how to decipher those documents and like figure out what all these words mean, you know? Mm. Uh, Because even in law school, they'll teach you like, they came up with these words a long time ago to try and make it like really hard for common people to understand how to be a lawyer. And and they still use them. They still use like that's why contracts are like hereby, therefore, and it's like yeah. because they don't want they want it to be like very tricky. So you you need yeah. somebody who's going to be able to help you with some of that stuff, and also just to make sure like a lot of what I do is just making sure that bands know what they're worth, you know, and what other mm. comparable bands are asking for. Like when you go to a label, you might say like oh, they're going to give me like 10 bucks. Like that might be a lot of money to you, but for you, you might be worth like 10,000, you know? So it's, mm. it's really just about navigating that and helping with like negotiations and stuff too. Cause, cause like, mm. like you said, a lot of what I do is just the stuff that bands don't want to do. They don't want to, they don't yeah. want to argue with their record label about like one percentage <laughs> point, you know, maybe they want that no. percentage point, but they don't want to be the one. They don't want to be the one that has there's, to make that telephone call and ask for it. You know what I mean? So there's always one person in the band who is like, uh, from from my experience, who's like got a job outside of music. Who's like, 
uh, like a project manager or they're a task manager or they're pretty high up in a, in a store or something, they're usually the one person who's like, yeah, I can do with all the finances and legal stuff. And then you start talking to them about it and they're like, oh, I just, I hate this now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back to playing music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody gets always drafted into that job, you know, like who's going to keep yeah. all of our accounting? And it's like, that's a big job, and uh, I'll tell you what, it doesn't get much uh, it doesn't get much credit in the long run. So it's never lead guitarists or exactly, singers. Exactly, yeah, it's somebody who's really <laughs> trying to earn their place. But those people, those people to me though, as a lawyer, are so important because I need somebody yeah. in the band that I can communicate with, you know. And uh, some For some sure. bands are a lot easier to communicate with than others, you know. Uh, yeah, like that. Being being, being you, a lawyer um, working with bands, sometimes like you have to deal with some very bizarre situations. <laughs> I want to press you for that, but I feel like there is too many bizarre stories. Yeah, yeah, it might, it might, it, it's just, it's more just like the calls that you get and where they're coming from, you know, and the decisions that right. people make, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that's one thing too. Like lawyers work for the band, so if the band decides sure. to do something. I have to do it. Or like, I mean, I guess if I really don't want to do it, I could quit. But really, it's like, it's my job to just deliver the strategy, whatever they came up with, you know? So yeah, it, sometimes, sometimes you got to just try your best, you know? So it's, it's a tricky job. But I think that, yeah, that's why I'm so willing to go on podcasts and talk about this stuff. Nobody knows what music lawyers do. And uh, they're no. important. And uh, you might need one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> This is basically your audition to anyone that's in a band listening to this podcast exactly, right now. Exactly, yeah. And and I can't I can't <laughs> handle everyone, but call somebody, you know, just please don't don't make terrible mistakes and then call up a lawyer and be like, "Uh, this is pretty bad cuz that's a lot of the calls that I get is cuz people don't realize, "Oh, I I need a lawyer before things go wrong," you know? And I mean, that's not all on them. They don't teach this stuff in uh yeah, yeah. in music school. You know, they don't teach this stuff in any school, so. No. Well, you, um, so you predominantly work with, like, Indian emo and, like, DIY bands. Do you feel that's because of your own, like, like you're saying, you, you saw the starting lines, first band you ever saw. Do you feel like that is mainly just because of your own personal interests and personal tastes? Or do you feel like there's, like, a, a, uh, like a, legal, like a legal vacuum in that sort of world, like, Bands who are who are massive obviously have their teams around them and are usually on massive record labels with big deals behind them and they have a whole legal structure as well as as well as a lot of like the rap and pop world. It's sort of ingrained in their society. But do you feel like there's a, a legal vacuum in our sort of world? Yeah, I mean, I work with like some artists that are more on the pop world and more like I work with some people who are outside of music, like journalists or people making films or something, you know, Um, but I do work with a lot of those like smaller rock bands, you know, and I think a big reason why a lot I get I end up getting a lot of work from those kind of bands is that, yeah, a lot of other lawyers don't know about it at Mm. all or they don't they see it as like sm- too small for them to worry about, you know? Um, and some of those some of those clients are small and they don't have a lot of money, but like they need help now. Mm. And you never know what band now is going to be huge in like twenty years, you know? Mm. And what ends up happening too is a lot of these bands that get huge, their first contracts that like have some of their earliest best stuff you know, were signed when they weren't really knowledgeable. Mm. And then those records are always like not getting paid correctly or something, you know? So those are the bands that need help, you know? And when people come to me, and even if it's a small band, like I'll do what I can to try and help them at least to give them some advice because uh, a lot of these bands have never worked with lawyers and yeah, like you said before, didn't even know that they needed one. Yeah, it's intimidating, especially when you're sitting in a room and like there's, <clears throat> there's, uh, you know, there's four to ten people at a an indie or a big label, and they're talking to you about how great you're going to be and how you're going to do this, 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 and this, and they like sign on the dotted line. Obviously, that doesn't yeah. work. That doesn't happen in my world. My our world's a lot more chilled. We'll be in Weatherspoons doing those conversations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. it, it seems like uh, in our world specifically, like word of mouth travels as well, which is probably not the most business savvy way to get clients but it seems to be working pretty well for you at the moment yeah i mean word of mouth yeah definitely because i mean musicians is a tight-knit community Mm -hmm. and people who are touring musicians 
they talk with all of the other touring musicians about touring stuff and also when they need help. Those yeah. are the people they reach out to, you know? So that's why it's so important for me, like, whether it's a small client or a big one, I'm trying to, like, do my best, you know, and, like, be as, as like, knowledgeable and polite as I can, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to really, like, work well with everyone because, yeah, people talk and... That's how that's how lawyers get a lot of their business, you know, in, in this industry and every other industry. And one thing I've learned in all these years, you know, to get to this point is like a lot of the music industry is about making personal connections. Um, and bands can learn from that as well, because it's like the band that you meet and you just like talk about like some stupid TV show with, you know, down the road, you might need like a tour date or something. And who knows? It could work out, you know, so. Word of mouth, as as it's the oldest like uh, the oldest tool in the book, but that's really how I do everything because, uh, like I said, I like have my own firm and it's just me, so I'm not gonna have like a huge marketing budget or mm. run commercials on TV, you know. Yeah. I just have to do what I do and like no, hopefully know that like uh, bands <laughs> will will uh, pass that info on. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of if it's just, if it's like a small band to. Uh, a big scene band all the way up to like a, a large scale band in in like a world touring band it's you're still dealing in intellectual property you're still dealing with the transfer of rights from one party to another the usage of those rights and the exploitation of those rights for a monetary value so regardless of if it's you know x band that get one song on mtv versus one band that's touring globally there's still a pound and a dollar sign on that intellectual yeah. property you know yeah, the the contracts the contracts are almost like the same. Yeah. It's just what comes down to is like the different numbers and the size of the deal, whatever. But yeah, yeah, the job is really the same. It's like it's all about protecting those rights, you know, mm -hmm. and making sure that you're getting paid properly along the way, um, and also just like knowing what you're signing. Yeah. That's the number one thing, you know. You can decide whether you want the deal or not, whether you think it's worth it or not. But you should at least know what you're you're signing before you sign it. You should and, know where I it's mean, going. And, yeah, and I, and I think now it's so like people sign so many like click through so many like agreements and stuff that they assume that this is one of those things where they can do that. And sometimes you can and get away with it, mm. but a lot of times like this is when you need to really be like negotiating your stuff and like. <laughs> making sure that you're doing everything correctly because like music music lasts forever you write a song people can listen to that song in 20 years yeah. you know 30 life of copyright years. as well it's like I read that life so of copyright long. is continuously changing just to keep the Beatles in contract yeah well it's like there are a certain like group of uh, albums and like intellectual property stuff that's like about to go mm. it's about to become public domain and everyone can use it mickey mouse is another one uh and they just keep changing the law so those things will never will never be but eventually they will so yeah i think that uh i was looking and it's like it's still going back like till the 19 like 30s right. is when stuff becomes like public domain it's so like it's 75 like, years yeah, it's a long time. So it's usually for the length of your life, and then like it's gonna go to your like family or children or whatever. Yeah. So these are important things to like at least make sure you have at least a secure hold on what what the rights are and everything. And and it really is complicated. You know, yeah. like the music industry is unnecessarily complicated, but it is complicated. <laughs> and there are so many collection agencies and mm. rights and royalties, and it's like who came up with this? I don't even know, but. That's why that's why you have to go to all these schools to figure out what the hell you're, what yeah. the hell it's talking about. And even yeah. like waiting for collect like even like festivals over here, like or playing shows, like you're getting your your collection royalty is like six months behind when you actually play. So having yeah. someone to like make sure you understand all that stuff is, is really important. Yeah, and even that they are even that those royalties are a thing. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's 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 funny that we're sitting here having this conversation because we all we all know these things and we you know, other people around who I work with and you work with know these things better than both of us combined, probably. But you you see a band that are like, you know, maybe first on a stage at a festival with just a friend who knows a booker or something like that. And they have no idea that there is money that they have earned, not only from playing the guarantee, playing the show for the guarantee, but also money sitting in a pot that they don't have access to or that maybe they do, but they don't know how to get it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many things like there are so many 
money, like royalty streams, you know, and it's hard because like these artists really need the money. A lot of them, they're yeah. like just getting by, you know, and that's why I'm there. I'm like trying to be like, did you register for this? Did please, you register for this? Please you know? say you registered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of the bands are like, no, it seems complicated. I try and help, you yeah. know, and it, nobody got into music to fill out forms on the internet about collection agencies. No, nobody, not. not one person. Not even so you. it is, it is like, it is really a, a struggle sometimes, yeah. but it is important to do. And that's what I'm always trying to do is like help people out with that kind of stuff that they didn't even know about or they didn't want to do, or maybe it seems too complicated. And I'm just like, here are the steps mm. we can do this. What? If you do this, you're going to get paid more. You'll be able to tour more. <laughs> Which everyone Why likes. More? Everyone likes being paid more. Um, what is some of the uh, most common mistakes that you find when bands, when you start working with bands, i.e. like if it's with them wanting to sign a record deal or a publishing deal? I feel like a lot of this, um, a lot of the confusion or like steps that people miss out on is maybe like signing themselves up as a business. It's not something that, a lot of bands over here commonly do. Um, so yeah, if you've got any pointers yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how the business structure is in, in, in the UK, so it might be more difficult there, I don't know. But in the US, it's like very simple to like sign yourself up as an LLC mm. and it costs like a $300 or something and then you That's pay one like- show. Exactly, you pay like $75 a year after that. and. I, th I think the only state that it's hard is California. So right. sorry if you live in California, but <laughs> otherwise like, yeah, you can set up a LLC for your band. You can make a business bank account. Mm -hmm. You can put all your uh, show money into there. It'll lower your taxes, but like people don't want to think about this stuff. But if you just go through the steps and you do that kind of stuff, you can make a big difference in terms of like how much money you actually take home from, from this whole project, you know? Um, and it also helps with like liability stuff as well. But like another big mistake that people make, I think in general, is just not staying on top of like where their like accounting is. You know, like like a label, like an album they put out like five years ago. Check on it. You know, see like is this album making money still? You know, don't forget about things just because they happened in the past and you assume that they're not doing well, you know? Just check on your stuff, see, because you might have a little bit of money that is coming from there. You can use it on a new project or something. Uh, just stay up on like where all the money's coming from, you know? Yeah. Especially nowadays when uh, a band might like be on like five different labels, mm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, they're, they're talking to their new label and it's like, you know, you're, you still need to be talking to your old label too. Because yeah, they know? own rights so. of your old releases still. Exactly, yeah. And you should be like talking to them and seeing like how you can promote those old stuff still. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, it's a long relationship working with a band, uh, label. And that's why like you want the right people on board. Um, but yeah, you also have to put in the time and figure out like what to do, you know? And uh, that's a big mistake. Um, I would say also just people uh, are so desperate to like sign any any contract that they don't put in the time to like really try mm -hmm. to get other offers. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the first offer you get, it's going to be really awesome because you're like somebody's interested in us, whether it's a label or a manager or whatever. But if you take some time to sit on that and like think it over and talk to some other people. Maybe you'll get a better offer, you know? that This is your chance, you know? So I think a lot of people just like the first thing that comes along, they try and uh, sign it. So that's my job to try and help them see the bigger picture. But, you know, sometimes like the first offer is the best one yeah, too. We, so, we, live in a, we live in a world where everything's gonna be instant, regardless of if it's your work or your music or uh, social media or whatever. Like everything has to be now. You have to have stuff. Uh, we've all fallen into that trap before. I feel like we've exactly. Yeah. We've probably spent it, a lot it, of our time chasing people for things. <laughs> everything. Everything feels like a short-term thing. It's like, oh, I put out this new video this week. Like, how many clicks can we get? Like this yeah. week. You know, and it's like Jesus. this is about like let's think about the long term. And and the number one word that I tell all the artists I work with is sustainability. Mm. You know, because. 
all these artists, like the number one thing that they want to do if they're really in it for the art is to just be able to do this for their whole life. Yeah, quit their day so, jobs. This should be exactly, your job. Exactly, yeah. So you want to come up with a plan where your contracts and your royalties and whatever, it all lines up so you can at least make a little bit of money for a long time, mm -hmm. you know? So you want to come up with at least some sort of platform. Sometimes that's like artists owning their first few albums so that those royalties they're getting and then their later stuff, they can take bigger risks and mm -hmm. like give more to a label and invest in that way. Um, but yeah, it's all about like thinking of a long-term plan, you know, because being, being the coolest band for one year is fun. But after that one year, you're going to be like, oh, that did not go the way I wanted, you know? So people, if they're, if they're making notes, the points were try and organize yourself more as a business setup. Sustainability, yes. look to the future and look to the past as well. And making sure you're keeping receipts, I'm assuming, as well. Yeah, 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 accounting. And then the other one was just don't take the first deal that you see because there are always better options. Well, not always, but it's always worth looking. You know, that's a that's a whole thing. Yeah, you know? and if anyone's always, and if anyone's rushing you to sign on the dotted line, then they're probably not working in your best interests anyway. Yeah, that that is something they tell you at law school. They're like, you can tell your clients to take their time to sign, and anyone who's trying to rush you to sign, that usually means that it's like there's something bad yeah. going on. You know, unless like you only have one day until the a big show and you need to sign the contract. Like there are very few situations where it's like we need this signed like in two minutes. It's a big basement you know? show's coming up. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's a it's my mom's house, and she said if you don't sign this, no. I mean, you, the stuff that you hear about is bizarre, but. Yeah. It's like, yeah, 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 I mean, you really have to take your time with this stuff. But I mean, as you can tell, I love talking about it because like, this is the stuff that nobody talks about in the music industry, really. Maybe a little bit more these days. People are like Taylor Swift's masters thing is like yeah, in the news. Yeah. So maybe people will talk about that a little bit more. But this is the kind of stuff that like, really can decide whether a band makes it or not. You mm. know, even if their music is good, if the back business end of it, sad as it is to say, you know, I wish it wasn't this way, but if you don't handle the business end of it, your band's probably not gonna last very long and then yeah. we're not gonna get like 10 albums. You know, yeah. it's not it, gonna happen. It, it's, the, uh, it's the quote unquote undesirable part of the music industry, you know? Like I've been fortunate enough to see some bands this year that I've been working with on the road, like who have been in incredibly organized. And like, it's great to see that even they go out, they play their 45 minute set and they come out and it's not like they're, you know, straight back into work, but 10 minutes later, 15, half an hour later, they're back on whatever they're doing. It be it like making sure that their accounts are in order, making sure that their versus 80 deals are sorted, making sure that the next merch line is sorted, you know, like it's a job. It's not a conventional job. Half the yeah. time you're sitting in a van twiddling your thumbs, but when you've got good internet and Wi-Fi situation, <laughs> getting yeah. back on it is good. Yeah, um, it's like it's like it is a job, but it's just a it's a very strange job. So you just have to figure out how to do it. But yeah. no, it's so true. And sometimes I'll be like, why is this band so big? Like, how have they had this career? And then I'll like talk to them, and they're like the most on on with every single thing. It's like, oh yeah, they just like. They grinded on they all this stuff to do and they made it work, you know? Yeah. So it, it can make a big difference, even though it's it's not like, it's not as cool as like who writes the best riff, but I'm sorry <laughs> to say, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where like, we didn't actually set this system up. So we have to learn how to exist within it, you know? Riffs pay the bills at the end of the day, I think is what we're trying That's to say. <laughs> riffs, riffs get the fans to pay the bills. Do you feel like in this uh, in this modern age that we live in now um, that, as you were saying, like uh, a lot of the stuff you had earlier, you got from you got from a book, and there's a lot of source material out there that people can read on the internet, or they can buy books and and learn themselves themselves. Do you feel that we're getting to the point where a band can survive without a lawyer? It's hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's someone in the band who can like learn enough of the stuff to basically be like the band's own manager, mm -hmm. you know? And at, like a manager is almost like a lawyer that 
is like one step removed, you know? The manager hands handles like way more of the business day-to-day stuff. You're not gonna go to your lawyer and be like, these are our like bills for the week, you know? Mm. So someone in the band can definitely learn enough to be like a manager and then they can start doing like reviewing of contracts and all of that as well because a good manager can help you review that stuff. But on the other end, like, you even though even if you have that even if you have a like a person in the band or a manager who's so good you might still want to just consult with a lawyer Mm -hmm. because you might want to make sure that all that is correct Mm. and one thing i tell bands too is like the more you can do on your own the less that i have to do the less that i have to charge you you know (laughs) so if you can do a lot of the stuff, if you can, if you can, if you get a contract offer and you list every different thing that you were thinking about, these are what we're thinking. Maybe we want to ask for ten thousand dollar recording budget instead of five. Mm. We want this percentage, and you like give me all those notes and just hand it to me. All I have to do then is just read it over and be like, yeah, I agree with this, or maybe here are some things that I would improve. Yeah. But if you you can handle a lot of the job if you teach yourself. But you also shouldn't overestimate what you can do unless, like, this is all I do all day other than, like, <laughs> write about bands on the internet and then help bands, you know? So it's a, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit tough. But, I mean, some people do try and do it themselves, and I can understand why because it's hard. Like, this is something that a lot of bands can't afford. You yeah, know? it's another so, expense. Yeah, I try and keep, like, my fees as low as I can, but it, it's, like, even expensive to be a lawyer, you know? Like, <laughs> my insurance costs, like, $500 a month just to, like, exist. You know, it's, like, ridiculous. But, you know, move to, like, Nebraska or Delaware or somewhere else yeah, you know for what? cheaper. They, they, they told me, they told me that New York City is where the music lawyers are. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, and I'm from here, so, but I have considered it, believe me. Really? Believe me. I would, ju- I would be, like... Oh man, it would be nice to be a lawyer in somewhere cheaper. But on the other hand, it's like uh, how it works in the United States at least is you're registered in different states. Mm-hmm. So I'm registered in New Jersey and New York. Um, I can represent bands from anywhere, but those are the only states where I can appear in court. So uh, like there are certain jobs where like you mm-hmm. need a good state to do. Like I need to be able to go to court in New York for a lot of these record label contracts, you know? It would, it's hard, but there are music sure. lawyers, like there are music lawyers in every state. So, I mean, if you live in a, in a music scene or a music city, uh, you can get it by just fine. You know, I, I just yeah. happen to be from here and I can't escape New York city, I guess. <laughs> do you find, uh, the, there is a, a, a pre context of like the music entertainment legal setup in the States. So when like bands from like my neck of the woods in Europe, come over as their things that they that they should be doing in terms of before they get to America. Obviously, the big thing is obviously visas and making sure that they've got their A1 sorted out. But are there anything, any tips and tricks that you would suggest as an entertainment lawyer in that in that part of the world? Um for free. I so think, we don't so then we can send people your way if they need representation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean like when you're getting a lot of contracts, they're going to be pretty similar to the contracts in Europe. I mean, that kind of stuff, like the day-to-day like contract business, um, is probably going to be very similar. But like you said, visas are definitely important. But also just like there are some things where if a U.S. record label is offering you something, uh, you might want to consult with a U.S. attorney, even if you have a European one, just to see what the, the – um, like how that – relates to other things that they're hearing in the States, Mm -hmm. you know, because the way that the deals are changing happens very quickly and like different things are happening in Europe. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't honestly try and represent bands for like Europe things because I don't know what, I don't know what the standards are there. You know what I mean? So you need somebody on the ground sometimes to, to figure out how things work. Um, I would also make sure like the collection agency stuff, I think that your agency like collects through ours, you know, there is a crazy system, but make sure that that's all sorted out as well so that you still get credit for all those performances, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're paying all the money for the visa, right? You might, yeah, as, well. You might as well come over and play some songs. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think also one thing is you might need a U.S. attorney if there is sort of a problem, you know, like if a venue in the U.S. is 
not paying you what they should have or something, you might want to consult with somebody from that state because if it does end up being a big thing where it ends up like, if they owe you a lot of money and you want to go to court over it, you're going to need an attorney in that state to try and like navigate your way through that system. You don't want to sort of just like be figuring it out on the go. Mm. That's some good stuff there. Anyone who's going over to the States. Yeah, and and totally out of my wheelhouse, but if you get like arrested in the United States, definitely hire an attorney. Our criminal justice system is a mess. So (laughs) definitely hire a US attorney. If you get like a DUI or something, definitely try and work that out because I definitely don't want to be seeing anybody get in big trouble or deported (laughs) or anything. Better call Hendo. Yeah, no, do not call me for that stuff. Do not. My friends back home, people I grew up with, they're always trying to call me when they're, like, in trouble. And I'm like, I don't do this. Like, I mean, like, I'm a lawyer, but, like, I'm, I'm the wrong person, you know? So, yes, call some call, call an attorney. That's one thing, too. Can I... Call an attorney that does the right thing that you want. Don't yeah. call like an attorney that does like wills if you need like a record label deal. And don't and don't call me if you want to get out of jail because yeah. please, I do not need that on my conscience. Call I you with the uh, lo-fi bedroom pop, but not the uh, exactly, not the DUI. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, call someone else for that because I do not want to be dealing with that. Situation, so. so you've been. Um, You've been practicing independently for just over a year and a half, I feel. Almost like two and a half years now. It's, oh, yeah, it's going pretty quick. The first few years, we're just figuring out how to run a business. Yeah, you know? um, I wish that, I, I mean, maybe some schools teach that, but I never learned about that in school, like how to keep all your records. They, and they never to, teach you the things you need, like taxing or anything yeah. important, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like... All right, like how how to keep books on all your stuff, how to make invoices for all your clients, you know, and it takes a while to set that up. So the first year was mostly just doing that. And then the last few two years about I've been just like representing a lot of artists and trying to help them out. And sometimes goes uh, pretty well for me so far. Um, But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. For sure. What was um, what was like an obstacle that you didn't see coming that you thought, well, that has maybe hold you in your tracks or something that you've had to overcome? All right. Here's my here's my dig at the whole legal profession, I would say. Oh, but, it's been broke uh, for a while. I would say, I would, <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody likes lawyers, but maybe there's a good reason for that. So, like, I, I never, like, like I said, I didn't know any lawyers. Um, there's no lawyers in my family or anything. And, like, becoming a lawyer, at least in the United States, is, like, a very, like, often it's a family thing and they're, like, very prestigious families and it's very expensive. So like working class people that become lawyers or even just like middle class people that become lawyers, it's very difficult to sort of afford all the things that you need to do just to exist, Mm -hmm. you know? Like you need to have nice suits, you know? Mm. Like that's expensive. Yeah, right? And it's like, I never have to wear a suit except when I appear in court, then I need to wear a fancy (laughs) suit. It's like, why why is that a thing? Who knows? But there are all these fees and stuff. So it is difficult, you know? And when when I got into it, once you become a lawyer, you have to take classes every year that cost a lot of money. So it is difficult to like start out and like try and pay for all this stuff mm. and like pay for loans for school. Mm-hmm. So it, I would say there was a lot more resistance to like just like a normal person becoming a lawyer <laughs> than I realized, you know, and be trying to become a lawyer that doesn't make a lot of money. Like there, yeah. there are lawyers that work for like corporations or work for like big defense firms or anything that make a lot of money. And mm. for them, like a lot of this stuff is easy, but if you do what I do, or if you do like uh, public defenders who like defend like, like people who can't afford lawyers, they get paid like nothing. Like it's mm. so hard for all these people. So I didn't expect that it was gonna be like that, you know? So that has been a lot of navigating it is trying to figure out how I can do this how I can charge bands like a rate that I can survive mm-hmm. and like they can afford, you know, and just like working out stuff like that, you know, and, and I have never been someone who like enjoys like worrying about money oh, or like, no. so coming up with like having to like come to people and be like, look, you owe me money. Like we need to come up with, it's like, I hate that part of it. You know, the music so, industry is mad like that because like it's, 
there's so many industries that like how you have a personal relationship with someone but like it seems in the music industry you have this personal relationship around their art and then you're like hey by the way yeah i gotta get paid yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> i'm sorry I, it's like i love your band like, i'm so glad that we were able to work on this together here's how much money that you owe for this like please don't hate me and and a lot of people are like that's cool but some people are like oh i can't really afford it and sometimes i can't you know and then it's like how do we work out maybe we'll do it like usually i do a payment plan or something we'll figure something out you know or like like i said we'll figure something out but the point is like i never really like wanted to get into that or or anything and that's one thing running my own business i never really anticipated how much of it was going to be just doing that you know sucks. um yeah but but on the other hand like i definitely like like having the freedom to work with whoever i want not sure. work with people that i don't want you know so there are days where i wish i just got a paycheck yeah you know, right. like everybody else it's the same with touring man like you go you go on you go on tour and like it's great when the tour goes really well and everyone's happy and you can you know merch is selling well and at the end of the tour you throw that invoice and it gets paid straight away and you're like hell yeah let's do this again sometimes and then you have those bands that you work with who do diy tours and you know something goes wrong or the van breaks or god forbid some stuff gets stolen and then at the end you're like yeah you're like we worked really hard that was not a good one yeah but, but here's my invoice yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, like, I still have to like pay rent or else I'm going to be in trouble. You yeah, know? right. So it's it's tough, you know, and it, it's like, yeah, it's easy when the bands are doing well. Yeah. You know, when when the bands are blowing up and like they have lots of money, they don't even ever have lots of money. But when they have kind of some money, Disposable then they're like, they're willing to pay, and it's easy. But when it when bands go like things don't go the way you want, like that's when it gets difficult and. Oftentimes, that's when I'm involved, you yeah. know? People aren't calling their lawyers that much. Like, please call me more when you're happy and, like, things are great and you're just like, ah, I just love my life, you know? Instead, I get calls and it's like, the world is exploding. Like, please help me. And I'm yeah, like, nice to, oh, nice no. to hear from you, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I was trying to have a nice night, you know? It's like, I was trying to just relax, but... Yeah, so so there's there's a lot of stuff, but yeah, just I have to do it. You know, yeah. it's like like we didn't all like like all these things about being a band that bands don't like to do. Nobody wants to do them, but we have to just do it and at least like figure out how to get by to like keep keep on doing the fun stuff. Yeah. You know, so do you struggle with um, with office hours? That's something like that the music industry struggles with completely, like having a, a yeah. set period of time that you're on and off work. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think <laughs> lawyers struggle with that and people with the music industry struggle with that and music lawyers struggle with that like double, you know? It's like every single music lawyer that I've ever met has been like a lot of coffee, like trying to figure out like, oh, I'll do this, then I'll do this. You know, it's like it's hard because there's yeah. so many moving pieces and so many clients involved. So it is hard. And especially when you work for yourself, it's like I wake up, I'm at work. Yeah. Like, until I go to sleep, I'm at work. Same here. Yeah, so I wake up and, and work in the same place. It's great. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been trying now that I'm like getting older and wiser. I'm trying to like put time aside for like non-work stuff and just force myself not to work for certain periods of time. Like yeah. I try not to work as much on the weekends, you know. So I think that's important, uh, especially for bands too, like, you know, uh, especially bands that have day jobs and then mm -hmm. they're working on the band. Like yeah. you also need some time just to not be working or else it's tough. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna, tough. you're gonna burn out, you know. Well, there, yeah. there is so much burnout among creators yeah. right now. It's mad. So. Do you feel like, um, <laughs> this was a an odd question that I that I had written down here, and uh, it just says, "Talk to me about calling out bad people and labels, and how does a call out culture work in your legal world?" Oh boy! Okay, because <laughs> so. we're in this period of the last you know like five years of you know really shitty people getting called out for stuff, and there's been I'm I'm interested to know how that works in a legal frame. It's, it's very tricky, and honestly, they're still, like, figuring out exactly, like, lawyers as a field are still figuring out exactly what to do about this. 
there has been some real questionable stuff. <laughs> you know, like some lawyers are like, this is a great opportunity. Imagine mm. how many lawyers there need. It's like, that's horrible. Like, yeah. just, it's, it's horrible. But uh, it's call it, calling someone out online and like social backlash and everything is almost completely separate from the legal system. Mm. So you might accomplish a lot in terms of getting somebody like deplatformed or whatever, but not unless you're taking legal steps, you're not going to like accomplish a legal solution. So if you really want to like get an abuser like locked up mm. or, or even like get someone like who hasn't paid you to pay you, you might need to do more than that. You might need to like get involved on the legal side as well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking some, predominantly in, in terms of if, if a, if an abuser is, is deplatformed as you say there's still a there's still a backlash of in terms of like their you know we're talking in the music sense here like their music being online their music being out in stores there's still royalty recruitments that come through and you as a as a lawyer might be positioned on one side of the fence or the other um and then you have your 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 own personal bias and your professional bias where you just have to get on with the job yeah, no, it's like sometimes it's questionable stuff. And mm. that's one of the things when you become a lawyer, you have to like they make you swear. You have to like represent everyone. Like even the yeah, exactly. You <laughs> will not <laughs> you will represent your clients, you know, and it's you do. You have that's your job. And if you don't want to represent the client, like if it's so objectionable, you have to quit. Because mm. I like and that's one thing where being my own boss that I can do, you yeah. know. If you work for somebody else, you really have to just like do it, you know? Um, And that's one thing about being a lawyer is that you work for your client, you know? Mm. Sometimes your client might be a good client. You know, it's not always about representing, like when when you represent like somebody who's an abuser. Mm. Maybe they're like a good client, but they like are making some bad decisions. Like they're like yelling at people on the internet and you're like, what are you doing? You know, but in public you can't attack your, you can't like destroy their career, you know, because that's your job is to work with them to try and improve, you know? So it definitely is tough, you know, and it's tough. Also, sometimes people contact me who called someone else out and they're like, am I going to get sued? And I, like, let's, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's, it's very difficult in the U S for someone to sue over like uh, like libel or any of that, it's very difficult. Um, but it can happen. So mm. if you're saying something, make sure it's true. Yeah. You know, because truth is the number one thing that can like it, it's the ultimate defense. Yeah. So make sure it's true. Don't yeah. just be saying things like, oh, and it's Twitter, so people just say shit, and then they're like, oh, I thought I saw that, like, on Reddit, but I guess I was confused. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, like, at least, like, make sure you know what you're doing. So, Jeez. yeah, I mean, this kind of stuff gets involved, and, yeah, as a lawyer, especially when I worked at other places, sometimes I'd be like, ah, oh, I don't like this guy. Yeah. You know, this is not a good person, uh, but... It's just like a job, you know. Sometimes you work at like a sandwich store and you gotta like make a sandwich for a guy who sucks. But so, but if you're your own boss, you can make that decision. You can be like, get out of here, you suck. You yeah, know? conferences with yourself must be real fun. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes it's a hard choice. Yeah. Sometimes it's definitely a hard choice. And I try and represent everybody because, that, like, that's my job. And everyone needs someone helping them through this system, this yeah. legal system. But yeah, there's. Oh, it keeps me up at night. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. that. I'll well, hopefully we're night. moving into a a year next year where, you know, people actually take accountability in themselves and don't, you know, just... I've been aren't, waiting. Aren't idiots and just, yeah. uh, you know, nice to everyone. You know, kindness yeah. is great and all. Um, I think I think that, like, the, all, the, the call-out movements and all that, like, it's had some negative effects for sure. Yeah. But it's also had some, definitely some positive effects. And, like, hopefully we'll start to see the benefits of that. And, like, there won't be people getting away with as much stuff as they are, you know? But there's, I know for, like, I know there are plenty more people that deserve to be called out who haven't yet. So It's just like a ticking like, time bomb, isn't it, sometimes? Exactly. And it's like, it's like if, if I had the info, then I could, like, tell people. And, but it's like, sometimes I don't, you know? Sometimes it's just like, somebody says somebody something, and it's like... There, some of these have got to be real, you yeah. know, so it's it's tough and you just got to, like, do the best you can to try and, like, work and, like, 
stay true to what you believe like morally you know yeah well let's um let's end on a on a on a on a better note um because <laughs> i hate ending on a, on a down let's end on a more positive note awesome. um Tell me about some of the some of your personal achievements, some of the, the bands that you're stoked on that you represent, um, and what is happening next year with you. Okay, wow. All right. So uh, when I when I started out working with bands, like the one of the main things I wanted to work with was some of the bands that I really love. You know, I mean, who wouldn't, right? Yeah, right. So like Prince Daddy, uh, Oso Oso. Uh, let's see, like there have been so many, uh, I'm working with, uh, Neil from Donovan Wolfington on his new project baggage. Sick. Uh, let's see the Jono from, uh, the swellers, one of the first bands I ever saw live, his new project baggage, I'm right. working with him on that. It's like getting to work with some of these people that I just like, I've been listening to their music for years and years. That kind of stuff for me, like never gets old, you yeah. know? And when, I'm like really struggling and like, I'm like, this is the hardest job. I hate this job. I'm like, wait, I got to like, I got to like listen to some demos. Remember that? Like I got, I, I, I get to work with these people and like help them out. So yeah. I can't really complain. So those are some of my personal achievements. And honestly, just like every single day that I can keep being my own boss and and running this firm and paying my rent, I'll consider that an achievement too. Yeah, because right. Absolutely. It's really hard right now in the music industry and it's hard for every single person in the music industry. Like it's hard for label people, it's hard for managers, it's hard for touring agents and everything. So uh, I just, I'm trying to keep doing what I'm doing and keep growing. But next year, uh, a lot of bands have albums coming out. Um, I'm working with a few bands. The new Rap Boys album is coming out. I'm, I'm very excited with Rap about Boys. that. Me too, that, that's gonna be a good one. Dog Leg, Dog Leg on Triple Crown, that new album's coming out. I mean, I can't complain because so many people that I work with are doing big things. And I mean, my biggest achievement is just working with cool people, you know? <laughs> Humble as always. Hey, I'm doing my best. <laughs> awesome, well, thank you very much for being on the podcast, the final episode of the series. Nice, I'm glad that I, I hopefully ended it with a decent one. Okay. With a smile on everyone's faces. Thanks so much, bud, appreciate right, it. No problem. All right, that's that. After the show, Series 1. That's, uh, that's, that's all we got. But before the credits roll, I want to say thank you very much for listening, sharing, and everything else any millennial with a podcast asks for. After the show is hosted by me, Connor Laws, and edited by my good friend and electro-swing enthusiast, Oscar Lilliard. Didn't see that one coming, did you? We'll be back in 2020 with some new shows and some pre-arranged content to distract you while you're trying to work. As always, be kind to yourself and everyone in your remit, and just just love aggressive Duke Ellington big band jazz forever. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was then. <laughs>